This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. back everybody to wrestling omakase it is episode number 127 and this week it is time for our third annual wrestling omakase year-end awards of course we're going to be talking about the best and worst from 2019 uh if you have if you're new to the show and you didn't listen to the last two years basically the omakase awards are a closed balloting open only to omakase guests who appeared on the show during the year 2019. Uh, this year, I believe the final number of voters was 35, uh, which was not quite every guest, but, you know, some people... Uh, we had a lot of guests this year who, like, didn't watch enough wrestling, I guess, they said by the end of the year. Like, they just dropped out of it. I got, I got that explanation, I think, from, like, three or four different people. So I guess 2019 was a rough year for them. But pretty much everybody else voted, uh, so that's good. And I'm going to have the full results in a... Uh, post on voiceofwrestling.com probably a day or two after this goes up. But the point of the episode is my six different guests here, all who, of course, appeared in 2019 and all of who voted, they all uh, did their ballots. So they're going to give me their picks for best and worst. I'm going to give you my picks after that. And then um, we'll reveal at least the top three uh, for the in the overall awards tally. Um other than that, you know, pretty pretty straightforward, I think. And then if you want like the full top 10 and honorable mentions, you can check on voicesofwrestling.com within a day or two. All right, so let's start introducing guests. First of all, uh, returning to the show from the critically acclaimed WWE year interview episode, Mr. Kelly Harris. Hello, Kelly. John, I'd like to thank you for once again having me on to promote my telethon to raise $7,000 so I can buy one of those fiend belts, cut a hole in the mouth, and put my dick through it like a tongue. Previously, I've raised $5, and uh, we're getting there, so thank you. You raised $5, really? Yes, uh, our own suit sent me five dollars. <laughs> that is incredible. No uh, suit didn't send me five dollars. Okay. That's a lie. He's on uh, here to to dispute my claims, anyways. <laughs> I should have picked someone that wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, you should have been like Gerard did because Gerard had yeah to, had to drop out of the show because he's sick. Get that get well, but get well soon, Gerard. It's only uh, six thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars to go to get my dream. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
But yeah, thanks for coming on, Kelly. I still can't believe how much people like that stupid show of us complaining about WWE. I, but... I know. It's the best. <laughs> uh, up next, just back from his stealth trip to Japan, Mr. Thomas Fishback. You just fucking dropped a tweet. You didn't. You were on the show like a week before. <laughs> you don't mention at all that you're going to Japan, and all of a sudden you drop a tweet like, "Yeah, I'm here in Cork and Hall for fucking Big Japan or something, <laughs> or Bizarre. I don't even remember what the fuck it was." But well, John, there's only one way to announce you in Japan. It's at a zero one show. Oh uh, yeah, of course. That was uh, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, the reaction was pretty great. It was worth it, yeah. frankly. But how you been yeah. doing, Thomas? Uh, well, pretty great. Uh, Japan's. Uh, Really cool. It's the first time I've ever been there. Um, I'm still extremely jet lagged. I'm not handling that well. But uh, other now, than you that, like me, are you like me? You're not. You're fine going there, but you're really bad coming back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I slept last night from like 7 a.m. to noon, and then like 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. It was uh, pretty rough. Yeah, it was <laughs> but, really rough. Yeah, but it's all good. It was worth it. Uh, do you, do you also do you also have the? Do you also like want to go back immediately to like everybody? Oh, else? of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was. I've never met. I never met anyone who went and was like, "That fucking sucked." I'm never <laughs> gonna do it again. Right. Uh, everyone always loves it. No, it's just uh, such a it's such a great country too. Like even outside of the wrestling, I saw. Um, yeah, just a beautiful country. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, up next, we have returning to the show, TJ. Hello, TJ. Hey, what's up, John? How you doing? Pretty good. What's going on with you? Uh, not much. Spent the morning translating some Wrestle One stuff. Congratulations to the new Wrestle One champ, Nakajima. Even though yeah, he's kind of so that show. <laughs> yeah, that show doesn't air till twenty six, right? Something like that. Yeah. Okay, because I looked it up immediately because I was like, heel dickhead Nakajima or Katsuhiko Nakajima winning. The Wrestle One title sounds awesome, but then I was like, uh, it's really not air till January twenty-six. Yeah, I got like like it needs to air as soon as possible. I was um like looking at the comments afterwards. Nakajima's just being a complete dickhead to Ashino, and I can't wait to see that like in video form. Yeah. Uh, but, thank you again for coming. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'd say other than that, I watched some of that uh UK takeover. And by watched it, I mean I was on my phone half the time, and I actually left it in the middle of the main event because I just got bored and went and got snacks at the store. <laughs> the uh, that there was like a spot that caused quite a stir, and I want to say for the record that was like one of the worst spots I've ever seen in my life. That fucking Devlin uh, and Bates spot, where like they flip out of like a fucking I don't even know like a Canadian destroyer or something, and like Tyler Bate has to steady or yeah Tyler Bates to like steady himself with his fucking hand because he's about to fall over instead of flipping over. And then he, like, jumps neck first through the ropes for no reason. And meanwhile, Jordan Depp, like, stumbles forward like he's drunk for no reason. I'm just like, this This is, like, I don't know. Is this what, is this what the people who, like, really, really, really hate Will Ospreay see? Because I'm like, this is a different level of terrible than, like, the worst, like, corniest Will Ospreay spot I've ever seen. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's what they see. <laughs> wow. All right, but uh, thank you for coming back, TJ. Up next, we have Mr. Mongo underscore ebooks. Hello, Mongo. Hello, and uh, I'd like to stand up for those two men uh, in that match uh, before that you described. I don't know what their names are, but I'd like to point out that 
NXT UK is basically the double A of WWE. These men are in the minor leagues. They're just learning how to wrestle. So you really shouldn't hold them up to the high standards of, you know, professional wrestlers. These are semi-pro at best. That's a good point. That's a good point. So what does that make Evolve then? Single A? Uh, yeah. Um, like single A plus. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there you go. So Mongo standing up for <laughs> poor developmental wrestlers. Uh, how have you been though, dude? What's up? Uh, I've been, uh, I should say, I should say terrible. Cause like I'm, I'm injured all over from circus, but I've been doing really good. That's good, man. Uh, I don't know what I feel like I haven't talked to you in like a full year. I think almost. So <laughs> it has been since it, the uh, last awards. So I think, yeah. So how's your 2019? How was your, was it a good year for you? A bad year for you? Um, it, it was a really good year. I uh, joined the the board of directors of a local circus school. We've uh, been going through a lot of changes, so that's been fun. I wasted a lot of time with the New York 64, one and now two, and <laughs> we'll probably waste even more time on uh, that stupid thing. So uh, it's been really good. Do you know, like, people people can't figure out that that's you? It's, like, the funniest shit of all time. Like, there's, they, they tweet. There's, like, the, they're like, oh, who is behind the New York City? Someone accused me. And I was like, what? I, it's very obvious. I don't even think the guy hides it. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And they're, like, they're putting their heads together, like, we're going to figure this out. Who's doing the New York 64? You have been accused. Bix has been accused by multiple people. Uh, The HP Joker has been accused. I believe one other person has been accused. I mean, like everybody but the stupidest people in the world (laughs) know who it is. But if you watch more than like three hours of WWE programming a year, you just can't figure it out. (laughs) It's really incredible. Like, I don't I don't know. But what are you gonna do? But yeah, I mean, thank like, you, thank you to Mongo, the creator of New York sixty four, the very elusive creator of New York sixty four. Uh, oh, someone like yelled at voice. Didn't someone yell at the voice wrestling account about it and like say they were behind? I don't know. It's McLe- so weird. McLevy did yell at them. I don't think for being <laughs> behind. Maybe for being behind it, but he did yell at them for something involving it. Yeah. I don't know. It's not. It didn't exactly take Sherlock Holmes, but uh, I'm glad. Hopefully, they'll hopefully he'll listen to this and he'll figure it out. Uh, thanks for coming on, Mongo. Uh, number five here of six, we have Mr. Jeff, who was of course one of the uh, winners to come on the draft episode. What a what a win that was! I don't, did I, did I win that? I don't even remember who won the draft episode. Jeff, was that me? You did. I did okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really not fair because I kind of have. I feel like I have a unfair advantage being the host of the show and all. And yes. Presumably, people don't listen to this show if they don't enjoy hearing me talk to some degree. But uh, I should have stolen Naito from you. That's what I should have done. Should, I went with yeah. Okada because I thought that would get the popularity vote. But then I realized this is Omakase and not the Jcast. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was the Jcast, you would have been you would have been set. But uh, yeah. So what's been up? How you been doing? Uh, not bad, man. I just want to go on record and say Evolve is a myth. Uh, it's not single A, it doesn't exist. Um, I want to go on record and say that NXT UK is awful. Uh, that main event was atrocious. Why, you Uh, watched it? I I just pulled, listen, I pulled up, like, the feed when you mentioned that. I watched it. Like, I watched the, the general theme of it. I, it's probably the same NXT TakeOver match that every other... They're all overly dramatic, and they do really, really bad spots really, really slowly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to see that, I'll watch Will Ospreay do it significantly better, significantly yeah. faster, with all the dramatics that make me want to blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but thanks for coming on, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, and the last one here, we have Mr. Suit Williams. Hello, Suit. Hello, I had myself double muted for a second. <laughs> double muted. Uh, how you been doing, buddy? Uh, I've been doing well. Uh, I just got recruited by the Nightmare Collective, so I'm going to think about that for a little bit. <laughs> Did you see? Okay, I had to shout out that guy's tweet where he listed like all the AEW tables. Did everybody see that tweet? It was. Uh, it might be my favorite tweet in a while. I got to pull it I don't it think I have. He, he was like saying these are okay. I'm gonna give him credit. It's at local Soundwave. He says the AW stables are the Inner Circle, the Dark Order, Nightmare <laughs> Collective, the Scary Squad, Spooky Crew, Death Watch, the Illuminati, <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold, and finally, of course, Witches Be Crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. shout out to whoever at local Soundwave is on Twitter. But uh, that was that was my favorite tweet in a while. But That's a got, good one. They got a lot of they have a lot of spooky stables. He even mentioned the butcher and the blade and the buddy. <laughs> he didn't mention the one. elite. He didn't mention the elite either. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if that. I don't know if that counts. They have a lot of stables. But hey, suit. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just, I'm just catching my breath from that NXT UK takeover. I mean, I know we had to wait until after that show went off the air to start recording because I know you couldn't. <laughs> You couldn't uh, wait to see what was even on that show. I Joe Coffey. asking the wrong person. I have no idea. But uh, I'm sure there was a ladder match. There's always a ladder match on these fucking shows. So. But yeah, all right. That's enough NXT talk. Thank you, Sue. Uh, we're going to get into the awards here. First of all, the first thing I want to say, um, I've instructed everybody beforehand to spend a lot less time on the worst awards than we did last year. I'm going to try to blow right through the worst awards because I don't like being uh, super negative, you know. Sometimes I do, I guess, but not, not. I'd rather celebrate the best of the year than bury the worst. A lot of this is very obvious anyway, but so we're going to blow right through some of these. Worst weekly TV, that is our first category. Um, give me your picks for worst weekly TV, Kelly. What was your, or your one pick, because these are, these are category based. There's only one vote per person. So, Kelly, as, what would you... as Andy Labar would say, suit, how's Raw? That's <laughs> weekly TV show. All right. Uh, give me your pick for worst weekly TV, Thomas. Uh, well, John, how's Raw? <laughs> I don't know because I, I don't watch it. TJ, uh-huh. give, me, give me your pick for worst weekly TV. How's Raw? <laughs> Once again, another Raw voter. Uh, Mongo, what did you vote here for Worst Weekly TV? I'm a contrarian, so I went with SmackDown, even though I've never watched either, or NXT. So, <laughs> kind of guessed. Uh, Jeff, what did you vote here, Worst Weekly TV show? Uh, I wanted to go with AEW, but I would be lying to myself, even though I think it's pretty atrocious, too. So I'll go with Raw, because I haven't even watched it. <laughs> and suit, what'd you give to worst worst weekly TV? Uh, I gave it to Friday Night SmackDown because theoretically that's their A show. So worst weekly TV, I also voted SmackDown, and because it's mostly just because, uh, contrary to the running joke in Slack, I really didn't watch Raw, 
at all this year, but I did see SmackDown a number of times, mostly because I visit my dad on Friday nights and there's nothing else to do at his house other than watch Friday Night SmackDown. And folks, let me tell you, the show fucking sucks. It's really, really terrible. Uh, Like almost incredibly atrocious. Huh? You could just go get mugged. It's a much more exciting hobby. (laughs) It was really, really, really bad. But yeah, so I also voted for SmackDown. Uh, I couldn't believe how atrocious it was at times. And the final tally, uh, the NWA Power came in third with four votes. SmackDown came in second with 10 votes. And Monday Night Raw picked up the victory with 17 votes. So there's your worst weekly TV. Uh, worst major show, Kelly, what is your vote for? Of course, this would be anything except an episode of a TV show. So what do you vote for worst major show, Kelly? Even though it has a match on it that I really do like, it was dragged down so much by the end, I had to go with Hell in a Cell. Um, Thomas? I wrote Halloween Blood Money Show. I don't remember the actual name of it. Uh, I think that one was, let me tell you right now, it was <laughs> Crown Jewel. There you All go. right, that one. TJ? I wrote one of the Blood Money shows, just pick one, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to pick whichever one didn't have Kane and Brock on it, because at least that was fun when I watched it on Twitter. Uh, I think I may have given your vote to Crown Jewel, which was Kane and Brock, but because they were like tied, and I think I was like, "Well, let me just give it to the one I think was worse." But <laughs> either way, uh, Mongo. Um, I again, I didn't actually watch this show other than gifts, but uh, I'm going to go with WWE Super Showdown because Goldberg got injured. There was a 25 minute Randy Orton versus Triple H match. That does sound um, like hell. And a 51-man battle royal where the last two people are apparently Monstor and Elias. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like a bad show. Yeah. And uh, Jeff, what did you vote for Worst Major Show? <clears throat> well, I should have voted for one of the Blood Money shows, but I voted for Hell in a Cell because I couldn't think of anything. And I don't watch Suit? WWE at all. Suit, what did you vote for Worst Major Show? I completely disregard the Saudi show, so I went with TLC, which uh, I reviewed I voted, on the website. Yes. I don't know why you did that, but you did. <laughs> um, I voted for Worst Major Show. I don't remember what I originally picked. I picked some WWE show, but then Taylor sent his ballot in, and one of the, um, you know, shout out to Taylor, VOW contributor, and one of the benefits of running the damn thing is I can always change my vote. So I changed my vote to this because I realized after he sent it, I'm like, wow, this actually was the worst show I probably sat through the entire thing of uh, versus these WWE pay-per-views that I probably watched, you know, a few matches of and never saw a whole show of. So I voted for WXW America is the wonder bar April 4th at Laboom. That was just a, a miserable live experience. Uh, possibly the worst show I've ever seen live filled with bad wrestling. Uh, three German people in the crowd chanting and singing and, the rest of us sitting there very confused and just an awful atmosphere. Terrible. Terrible all around. So I voted for that. Uh, You're going to have the Brits mad at you, John. <laughs> it was so bad. I would never go back to another WXW show if, they were, if I went to a Mania weekend. Tops the, off for Avalanche. The, the final rankings here. Uh, WWE Crown Jewel, the October Blood Money Show, and TLC. 
tied for second with five votes each. And the winner was Hell in a Cell with seven votes. So I guess the, the force of that main event was too much for it to escape. Worst promotion. I have a feeling we're probably all going to be in agreement here. But go ahead, Kelly. What's worst promotion? The Big Trump Fundraiser. Uh, Thomas, what is worst promotion? Uh, that, yeah, WWE. TJ? WWE as well. <laughs> Mongo? All Japan Pro, no, World <laughs> Wrestling Entertainment. Jeff? Yeah, I would I would go with WWE being the worst. Suit? Um, I was going to say Progress, but then I realized I might as well just say WWE. Yeah, and uh, they, now look, they they didn't r- quite run away with this the same degree as they did last year, and that's because there was at least one of the promotion people really hated this year. So, number two, Ring of Honor, seven votes, which is a pretty good showing for a non WWE promotion compared to last year. But yeah, yes, first place WWE, twenty four votes. So they did. They still ran away with it, just not quite to the degree they did last year, and that's who I voted for as well. Of course, I mean, they're. How could you not? They're just a completely awful promotion in every single way. Worst feud, Kelly? It's got to be Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. Like, yeah. Seth screaming and the fucking cartoon hammers and goddamn Saudi Arabia title change. <laughs> Thomas? Uh, that's probably the right answer. I did not watch a second of that, though. Um, luckily, so I didn't feel comfortable voting for it. I put Baron Corbin versus WWE's TV ratings. So that That's the second straight year that's gotten a vote, by the way. Really? Because uh, I didn't <laughs> vote in these last year. Yeah, so somebody else <laughs> voted that last year. I remember that. TJ, <laughs> give me your worst feud. I put Seth Rollins versus Twitter because okay. I was tired of him arguing <laughs> to people all the fucking time. Uh, and it got so Mar- bad that he had to turn heel because of it. <laughs> Manga? Uh, I voted for Seth Rollins versus The Fiend because this featured the first match in WWE that I've watched in three years. And it was not the Hell in the Cell match. It was a random house show match from Puerto Rico that someone uploaded a fan cam of. And it features the same horrible lighting, another horrible non-finish, and them maybe killing their house show business in Puerto Rico because of it. So I, uh, I'd i have to say, if they were doing this finish around their circuit on top of that pay-per-view match and that other match, yeah, well, easily the worst feud of the year. Jeff? Uh, yeah, I went with Nomura versus All Japan Booking. Mm. Uh, I I think he should be the star there. I don't know. I, I really like Nomura. And him jobbing so that Jake Lee can thrive is pretty pretty atrocious. Well, Jake Lee ended up jobbing too anyway, so I guess we'll yeah, see what well, happens. Jobbing so that Jake Lee can job. <laughs> Suit? Yeah. I went with Bray Wyatt versus The Miz because we didn't even get The Fiend. He just got Bray Wyatt. <laughs> that was pretty terrible too. With like him leaving uh, a, a doll and the Miz's daughter's crazy. and then the Miz immediately turned heel. So what was the point of any of Not, it? Wait, what? <laughs> yes, the Miz turned heel like two weeks after the season was over. Yeah, it's like oh, this, this man had this man was harassed by this fucking monster and this 
weird ass fucking Mr. Rogers gimmick and his daughter was violated, but ah anyway, he's a heel now. Boo. Not to mention the Miz is a god awful actor. Yeah. He is he's so bad. Yeah. At everything. Uh, I voted for Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Uh, I, I don't really remember why I picked that over Seth versus The Fiend, but uh, shout out to that feud, which was also quite terrible. So worst feud, I was the only one. Of, so the only thing that got more than one vote other than the obvious winner was Rusev versus Lashley, which got two votes. And then Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, was the runaway winner with 15 votes. So there you go. Uh, worst, let's see, worst match of the year. Um, let's go ahead here, Kelly. What was the worst match of the year? I bet you can guess what it is. Yeah. It's Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. The first time we got, yeah, from Hell in a Cell. The first time we got the true Fiend experience. (laughs) When we got the nice red mood lighting. We got a sweet big old hammer. We got a lots of faces. We got him putting his hand in Seth Rollins' mouth after he lost the match. <laughs> it was one of those unique experiences too, where the crowd like completely turns on everything. Yeah, which is a like match. the only the only entertainment value left in WWE is how much can the crowd turn on turn on everything. A match so bad it got Garrett and I to both independently of each other quit the Voices of Wrestling WWE reviews. Yeah. Thomas, what is the worst match of 2019? Well, uh, frankly, I didn't feel comfortable voting for a match I refused to watch. Um, so I put down Absolute Andy versus Bobby Guns from WXW March 9th. Um, this is a match that WXW on their big shows does a thing where the fans do dueling chants, but they do it for literally the whole match without stopping. And when I say literally without stopping, I mean literally without stopping. And so you get no momentum building to the finish because there's really almost no crowd reaction because everyone's too busy chanting and it's just infuriating to watch. Um, and I'm sure it was fun to be there live, but it was just so painful to watch. So that's my worst match of the year. TJ? I did not pick Seth Rollins versus The Fiend because I thought it was hilarious. I enjoyed myself watching it just because it was so fucking stupid. So instead I one is going to pick up one of the either one of the Corbin and Rollins matches because those were all awful but instead went for the intergender match from Extreme Rules Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins versus Corbin and Lacey Evans when this was in the middle of Lacey's big super push for no reason when she's still green as hell but yeah that was bad so that's why I picked it (laughs) Mongo Okay, so I picked the actual worst match of uh, 2019, which was Super Raton, Super Muñeco, Super Pinocho versus Rocky Santana, El Gallego, and Romano uh, Garcia from January 14th in Arena Puebla. And uh, I just retweeted a gif from this match where uh, they're all attempting to do the star, and Super Pinocho goes for uh, the the Rana in the middle of the star, and it takes him six seconds to complete this ma- uh, this move. This is just an atrociously bad match with two wrestlers in Muñeco and uh, Pinocho who should not be wrestling anymore. They're very old, very broken down. One of them may have had a stroke, I forget, but it's matches. You need to like watch this match. It's so bad. So bad. Uh, Jeff? 
Uh, yeah, I didn't have any surprise picks. I went with The Fiend and uh, Seth. That was pretty atrocious. <laughs> Suit. I went with Bray Wyatt versus The Miz from TLC because I don't know what this match was supposed to accomplish. And remember, The Miz turned to you right after. <laughs> and my pick for worst match of the year, I did go with Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Uh, even though I get the argument that the match was too funny to vote for, but it, it's funny because it fails at every single thing it tries to do. And to me, it's like it's not just the worst match of the year. It's probably one of the worst matches of all time. And it pretty much killed Seth Rollins as a top babyface. So, you know, it's a pretty easy pick for me. Uh, the top three, the only matches to get more than one vote. In third place, Tracy Smothers versus Sue Young from Joey Ryan's Penis Party on April 5th. That got two votes. Uh, in second place, Bray Wyatt versus The Miz from WWE TLC got three votes. And the runaway winner, of course, was the Seth and the Fiend from Hell in a Cell with 14 votes. All right. We're out of the worst now with the last the last category B category where everybody only has one pick, which is Best Weekly TV. Kelly, what did you vote for Best Weekly TV? Uh, despite their last episode, I went with AEW Dynamite. Uh, Thomas? Uh, I lost interest in AEW pretty quickly, so I couldn't really in good conscience vote for them. So I ended up putting Dragon Gate Infinity, which is sort of a weekly TV show. (laughs) (laughs) TJ? I went with uh, Beyond Uncharted Territory, or Beyond Wrestling Uncharted Territory. I probably would have went with AEW otherwise, but I don't usually go away from Beyond hating my life like I did last week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Manga? I went with AEW Dynamite. I did send this in before that like really bad last show of 2019, but I still think I would have voted for it. I I really enjoy the show most weeks. Jeff? Um, <clears throat> I think I voted for NXT. I don't watch it, but it was usually pretty consistent when I did. Jeff, you voted for Death to American Wrestling. That is correct. But, <laughs> I mean, I... I, I, I... I didn't figure that was a genuine option, so no, you voted. I mean, I, I included that you voted for Death to American Wrestling. That's what you voted for. So. Oh well, in that case, Death to American Wrestling. Hey, <laughs> you got it. Uh, Suit Williams. Uh, I went with Dynamite. Uh, most weeks it's good, and uh, yeah, they just have some bad stuff on it. Some very bad stuff sometimes, but mostly it's good. Uh, I and I've also voted for Dynamite. Um, I, I think. December was just a very bad month for them in general, not not even just, just that last show. So if all three months had been like that, I probably wouldn't have voted for it. But, uh, you know, I thought they deserved credit for uh, that October and to a degree November being good. Uh, if it's more like it's been last week and in December, then I can't see myself voting for it again. And this vote was also more by default than anything, since I don't really watch any other weekly television show. But yeah, there you go. Uh, And the final rankings here, uh, NWA Power and Beyond Uncharted Territory tie for second with three votes each, and Dynamite finished first with 25 votes. So definitely an overwhelming win for Dynamite there. Okay. So now we're in Category A awards. So these are awards where everybody being asked to pick a top three, uh, and then the points are awarded identically to the uh, how the Wrestling Observer does it, where it's five points for first, three points for second, 
two points for third. Uh, so when I give the final results, you'll get point totals. Um, and I will also tell you how many first place votes each thing got. And that is the tiebreaker in the case of any point ties, which got the most first place votes. So let's start with best major show. Kelly, go ahead and give me your top three for best major show. Uh, hold on. I'm scrolling through my email. All right, there it is. Uh, let's go. Number three was AEW Double or Nothing from uh, May 25th. Uh, second place was DDT Ultimate Party 2019 from November 3rd. And then first, I went with the New Japan Best of the Super Junior Finals from June 5th. Uh, my first pick, my first place pick is definitely skewed by live bias. Like, there's no way I would have put that at number one if I wasn't there, but I loved that show in person. Like, it was so much fun. So, really, I think Ultimate Party is probably my number one, but, you know. Uh, Ultimate Party was really good. DDT just kills it with these six, seven-hour shows. Like, I don't know how they managed to pull it off with the pacing, but I, it keeps my interest the whole time. And then uh, Double or Nothing is was just a really good show, probably the best American show by far of the year. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else would even compete with it, honestly. Uh, Thomas, what was your top three for best major show? All right, so number three for me was Wrestle Kingdom from New Japan. I think looking back, this was a lot better show than I remembered it, just looking at my star ratings. Um, now, there was some some pretty shitty stuff on it too. Like that Cody juice match was just really awful. Um, and then imagine a massive golf um, between that and my top two. And I went back and forth between these two uh, for a while. My number two though is ultimate party uh, from DDT on November 3rd. And my number one is uh, Peter Pan from DDT on July 15th. Um, these were just two tremendous shows. Uh, it's already been covered a little bit, but DDT just does these big shows like nobody else. Uh, and I think these were far and away the two best shows of the year. Um, Ultimate Party, I think, was more consistent to me. Uh, but looking back at it, Peter Pan, uh, that Endo Takashita match just peaked higher uh, for me. So that's why I barely nudged Peter Pan in front. Um, but yeah, those two, I think, were a runaway top two for me, and you could really put them in any in, in uh, any order. So yeah. All right, TJ, give me your top three for best major show. All right, my number three was uh, DDT Peter Pan. Just like everyone's saying, they do these like big shows better than almost anybody. And it had that Epon death match, which was just amazing. And the Aoki and Dino stuff was really funny. And then obviously Endo and Takashita is one of my favorite matches last year. Uh, second place was DDT coming to the USA. I was there live. So and it was just one of the best wrestling shows I've ever been to live, but I haven't been to a lot. So, but and then my number one was Ultimate Party. Again, like they were saying, DDT does the best big match or big shows of anyone. And like they were saying, I think Peter Pan did peak higher. But as a complete show, I think I enjoyed Ultimate Party more just because it had all the uh, variety since all the new, different brands were a part of it. Right. Uh, Mongo, your top three. 
Okay, so uh, there's a little bit of live bias here because all the shows I picked, I was at live, but I enjoyed them the most, so they should be my top three. Uh, number three is GCW Tournament of Survival 4. I have been to the last three Tournament of Survivals. They've all been excellent. This one seemed like it was going to be the best one until the main event where G Raver unfortunately almost died for the first time this year. Um, but even with that happening, his first round match with Gage was excellent. Uh, there was an excellent, uh, Sakuda versus Cologne match, a G Raver versus, uh, Jimmy Lloyd semifinal, a crazy six man scramble, the absolute fun of, uh, my podcast partner, Hulkamat, not knowing that, uh, Sasuke would be there and losing his mind when we got into the building and told him that Sasuke was there. Um, so it was just a super fun show. Number two, uh, I don't think anyone else on the earth saw this show, but AAA invading New York. This was tremendous. They managed to sell out the theater. I mean, they sold out Madison Square Garden. Um, uh-huh. Great show. Boring main event, but the Lucha Brothers versus LAX uh, tag title match was fantastic. One of the best matches of the year. Um Cain Velasquez put on another great performance in the uh, semi-main event before going into retirement. There was a bunch <laughs> of other fun matches on the show. Um, really, really great show with an incredible environment. Loved, loved the show. And then uh, number one, I guess this would be kind of controversial, but uh, the G1 Supercard show uh, was also there live. Uh, I thought the show was incredible. Like one of the best shows I have ever been to like level good and i think that comes down to not hating the women's match as much as most people did not hating the bully ray match because live it got over and was like stupid fun and then um like the three main events i thought were all great naito abushi was an incredible moment live just like awesome to see abushi uh win um i really enjoyed the the ladder match which uh like the crowd went crazy for matt taven winning so the match had to be good for the crowd to care about matt taven and then i thought the main event was fantastic uh top five match of the year for me just okada putting on like a master class performance jay white having so much heat like i i don't know if i've ever seen a wrestler with that much heat live since I don't know, maybe the CZW ROH feud? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe when GCW brings in like a, a CZW guy sometimes, but incredible, incredible heat. Loved the match. Didn't have to rely on like too many finisher kickouts either. Just uh just a great, great, great event. Uh Jeff, give me your best major show picks. <clears throat> um, I actually think I voted them in the inverted order, which sucks, but uh, number three, I went with Noah the best for uh, sentimental reasons. Uh, I'm a really big fan of old Noah and seeing them run the hall again with a decent crowd, given the state, given the state they've been in for the past couple of years was great. And I thought seeing some hope for the promotion on what was actually a really good show in general, uh, was enough to warrant some vote. Uh, number two, I went with the battle of the super junior finals. Uh, I'm not as high on Osprey as a lot of people are, but I thought that Shingo match was fantastic. And uh, I really like Tanahashi White matches more than a lot of people. They're just my thing. And uh, Moxley Juice was good. So that was a great card in general. And then I, for the number one show, I went with Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, maybe I'm just not a, far enough outside the bubble, but nothing really beat Wrestle Kingdom for me most years. So. All right. Yeah. Suit, what was your top three for best major show? 
Ooh, I'm glad I didn't unmute until then because I'm watching the uh, playoff game right now between the Chiefs and the Texans, and I have made a lot of noises. <laughs> Man. Um, but, yeah, my third place was the G1 Finals. Um, great angle with Kenta. Yeah, the great main event. Just a great show all around. Osprey beating Tanahashi. Yeah, that was just a great show. Oh, Osprey Tanahashi been second... before. Oh, yes. That wasn't the finals. My bad. Um, so second place, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13. Awesome main event with Tanahashi and, and uh, Omega. Um, yeah, just a great show all around. Yeah, like a Wrestle Kingdom always does. And then in first place, actually, I put NXT TakeOver New York. Uh, that had uh, Johnny Gargano finally beating Adam Cole in Johnny Gargano's last good match. Um, you had uh, the War Raiders beating Aleister Black and Ricochet in a great opener. You had uh, Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle, which was good. Walter and Pete Dunne, which was good. Yeah, just, you know, compact show, but everything was baseline good. So, yeah, maybe the last good NXT show. Uh, and then for my best major show votes, I also voted for the G1 final. And third, I just thought it was a... A really fun show featuring, obviously, the Kenta angle, which I think is the best angle, not just this year, but maybe in years and years, the Kenta turning on Shibata angle, you know, plus a really good final with White and Ibushi, uh, plus a great little semi-main with, uh, you know, the, the Okada tag and a cool little thing with Suzuki pitting Okada to set up the Royal Quest match. So I just enjoyed that card a lot. So that was my third place vote. Um, and then second place, I gave it to DET Ultimate Party. In first place, I went with Russell Peter Pan. Uh, others have already talked about this, but these are DT just does the best super cards. And I liked Russell Peter Pan a little bit more, but again, they were very, very close. Uh, the final rankings the um, third place went to the best of the Super Junior final with 40 points and five first place votes. Second place went to AEW Double or Nothing with 42 points and five first place votes. And first place went to Russell Kingdom 13 with 46 points in five first-place votes. So very, very close there. Uh, and then I think what happened with the DET shows, unfortunately, is they all split the vote because they were fourth through six was all DET with uh, Russell Peter Pan got 29 points. Uh, DET's Coming to America got 29 points and Ultimate Party got 27 points. So that was, uh, you know, all right there, all in the middle, four through six. Uh, let's see. Up next, Best Promotion. Kelly, what was your top three for best promotion of 2019? Uh, third place, I went DDT. Second place, I went AEW. And first place, I went New Japan. Uh, really, it's DDT's big shows are carried it for me for the to third place just because I don't watch a ton of it, but I love those shows. Uh, AEW is just a nice breath of fresh air in the United in the United States wrestling scene, and New Japan is New Japan. It's great. All right. Uh, Thomas, what's your number or what's your best promotion votes? All right. Third place for me is All Japan. Uh, I think All Japan really, you know, there's lots of pros and cons with them. So that's why they landed the number three spot. Uh, I thought their title scene uh, was the best anywhere in the world. I thought their tag scene was probably close to the best anywhere in the world. Um, But the mid card is really weak and the booking also dragged them down a lot for me this year. So that's why they land in the number three slot. Uh, number two for me is New Japan. 
uh, a great year in ring, I would say, but towards the back half of the year, I did really feel a lot less invested in New Japan. Um, so that's why they landed number two for me. And then number one for me uh, is DDT by a pretty wide margin. Uh, when you have the top two shows of the year for me, um, it's hard to not be the best promotion, I think. Tokyo Joshi Pro had a had a solid year. I think Basara had a really great year. I always love to shout out Basara on Kamikaze. Um, but yeah, DDT number one for me. There's no promotion I just enjoy more uh, than DDT. Uh, TJ. I went with uh, All Japan in third. Like people said before, their top end stuff is probably like some of my favorite in the world, but with their mid-card team being kind of iffy and then their booking sometime being questionable, I put them in third. Uh, second, I put Wrestle 1. It's just the promotion I follow the most closely, and I've enjoyed everything they've done this year, really, or last year. And T-Hawk's uh, title reign was really excellent. And then number one, I put DDT, just the promotion I enjoy watching the most. And then you have their subdivisions with Basara and Gombre. Whenever I check out those shows, they're usually fun to watch. And then Tokyo Joshi Pro. So that's my top three. Mongo. So my number three is uh, Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, I feel like this year was a little bit weaker, um, maybe just because I wasn't going to as many shows. But uh, Tournament of Survival is really good, and they had what would have been what would have been the best major show, but it was a backyard wrestling show. So I can't argue it as a um, a major show. But I thought that was a absolutely hilarious event. Um, just a, an overall really solid year. Uh, second place I had Stardom, which. I always enjoy watching stardom. Um, it seems like even even though um, they're changing ownership, that the you know everything's going pretty well there. Um, still really enjoy the show. Really enjoyed um, Mayu Itane winning the title at the end of the year, uh, and loved their Christmas Eve show. Great, great show. Um, then first place, uh, New Japan. I I don't know. They had a fantastic year, business wise, in ring wise. Um, just it felt fresher than the last few years uh, i really really like new japan this year um and again lots of incredible matches as you'd always expect uh, jeff <clears throat> so the uh the hardest part for me was trying to decide between second and third which was all japan and noah uh but i actually thought noah had better booking this year i thought all japan booking was very suspect even though i think the high-end matches are a little bit better uh i thought noah was a bit more consistent and in general, I like being able to kind of, I don't need to be able to, it doesn't need to be predictable, but I like being able to see the direction the company is going in and all Japan just feels like a, like a clusterfuck at times. So I went with Noah over all Japan and then I went with New Japan for number one because <clears throat> it's New Japan, man. I don't need to say anything about it. Uh, and suit. All right, my top three in third place, I had OTT. They had one of my feuds of the year with Jordan Devlin and David Starr. They um, elevated a lot of guys from their mid-card, from the uh, Irish scene to uh, load it up for when, like, Jordan Devlin and uh, Walter get pulled eventually, like, uh, more than hype, and Scotty Davis. So, um, yeah, they've done a very good job of being the uh, premier independent out in the Europe area. Uh, in second place, I have AEW. Uh, I think a lot of people are taking for granted that they are doing things that an American company other than WWE hasn't done in like 20 years. They're doing better business than uh, TNA ever did as far as like live attendance. 
and um, they're beating Ring of Honor's peak. And technically, their guys sold out uh, Madison Square Garden. I'm going to credit that to them. And then number one, the other people who actually sold out uh, MSG, New Japan, uh, yeah, they broke records in 2018 and broke them again in 2019. And then they had just a bunch of good shows, too. So New Japan, number one. Uh, in my top three, I went with Stardom in third. I thought they had a really strong year and, you know, just had a lot of really fun matches. The G, um, yeah, the, 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 the Grand Prix, I thought was really, the five-star Grand Prix was really good this year. Uh, it really is fun watching Hanakamura break out. Um, and and then towards the back half of the year, things got pretty exciting with, you know, with the purchase and everything. And, you know, hopefully that leads to, uh, you know, some better production next year and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's an exciting time for them. I think they had a really strong year. Uh, second place, I put DDT. Um, you know, last year I had them, well, I think the last two years I had them first. And I think the the, only, the bigger drop-off here for me wasn't the main roster. It was Tokyo Joshi, which I think uh, went from maybe my favorite promotion overall in 2018 to, you know, just a promotion I still like, but, you know, definitely wasn't at that level. Um, you know, and then the main DDT, you know, some of the booking, I, I really didn't like that they they ended the Tetsuya Endo range so early. Um, you know, they had some Korokins that weren't that great, but you know, overall, I still thought they had a really strong year. And they're, as, as we said before, the you really cannot beat them on, at big super cards, but uh, there you go. So DDT second, and then number one, I went with New Japan. Uh, you know, I just thought this was this was the most I've enjoyed a year of New Japan, definitely you know, blew away 2018 for me, uh, probably a little even better than 2017 and 2016. Um, you know, I thought match quality wise, like as far as like quantity of top level matches, they really lapped the field this year, uh, with like their best tournaments, you know, some of their best tournaments ever. And, you know, even the, even if the booking could feel a little stagnant at times, especially with the, you know, the Okada title range didn't really have a ton interesting going on. I thought the, just as far as like match quality, show quality, um, you know, they, I thought they really lapped the field this year and they were just on a different level. So I had to, I had to go to New Japan here. Uh, all right. Up next, we're going to do best feud. Oh, actually, I got to give the winners. What am I talking about? Uh, best promotion. New Japan destroyed the competition here with their biggest margin of victory ever. Uh, they were in first place with 126 points and 22 first place votes. Uh, AEW came in second, which surprised me a little bit, with 49 points. Only one first place vote, but they got a lot of second and third from New Japan voters. And then DET came in third with 42 points and five first place votes. All right, so best feud, Kelly. Give me your picks here for best feud of 2019. Well, I want to do. I want to give a special shout out because until just this second, I realized I should have put a uh, Liger versus Suzuki on my list and didn't. <laughs> so uh, that's my special fourth place. Uh, third place is the DDT feud with All Out versus the Sendai Girls. Uh, second place is David Starr versus Joey Janela from Beyond, and first place is David Starr versus Jordan Devlin from OTT. Um, I didn't think 2019 was a very strong year for feuds, but the good ones were really good. Um, I really enjoyed the All Out versus Sendai Girls feud just because it was like, here comes these badass Joshi ladies to come fight these. I always say All Out reminds me of like a frat. Like they're not bad guys, but they're kind of dicks at times. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought they had some really fun matches. Um, Star and Janela was a feud that's like, I think this was second or third year at this point. But it was just pretty much to see who is the true ace of beyond. And I thought they were, those two have really good chemistry. And the uh, Star and Devlin, I mean, anything that makes WWE the heel in the feud is great. And the fact that you had the crowd just rallying around Star because he's the one who's not going to join up with the Evil Empire was great. And those hype, uh, the hype videos for that feud are incredible. And some of the best wrestling produced uh, wrestling media in 2019. All right. Thomas, your picks for best feud. All right. So number three for me is Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kano from Noah. Um, and I should say the the margin between these top three are really small because I love this feud. Um, they started out with just a great match on uh, Noah's first Corkin of the Year uh, for the GHC title. And it was Kaito's coronation. Uh, they had that great run in the tag league together and then they split up. And then Noah had the balls uh, to main event Sumo Hall with them. I remember coming on the Mid-Year Awards episode, and this was on my best feud list. And me and I think Skyler also had it on uh, his best feud list. We're talking about, would Noah have the balls to just put this feud in the Sumo Hall main event? And they did, and I'm glad they did. The match um, was very good. I think it was probably the third out of their three title matches. Um, But still, just uh, a very good match and just a tremendous feud. Uh, with a very uh, logical arc um, from uh, even dating back to last year uh, on their January Corkin last year. Uh, number two for me is Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. Um, I think far and away probably the best in-ring feud of the year. Um, I think I had a five-star match and a four-and-three-quarter star match between the two this year, um, which is kind of absurd. And then number one for me uh, is from Big Japan. It's Yuji Okabayashi against Takuya Nomura. Um, Big Japan's booking, you know, gets shit on a lot, but I think this was uh, one of the times they got it right. And I was on uh, the Miscellaneous Puro year interview a few weeks ago, um, so I won't go too in-depth into this feud because I uh, kind of already did on this sh- on uh, that show. Um, but the build-up in tags and Yuji just constantly beating Takuya in the tags, and then Takuya finally getting some wins in tags, and then then uh, in the final match, which I thought was tremendous, Um they really teased you with callbacks to those tag matches, uh, making you really think that Takuya had a chance. Uh, and just a great cap off to that feud in that match. Uh, so, yeah, that's my number one feud of the year. Uh, TJ. I struggled a little bit with this one, at least the third vote, but I ended up going with uh, Jay Freddy versus Brandon Thurston from Beyond. I think the story they've been telling with these guys have been really good, and I'm excited for it to get back on track once uh, Jay gets back from Japan. Well, I, for some reason, he's working like two AW and stuff right now. But anyway, um, how can two AW afford to fly? <laughs> well, I think he flew in specifically for EKMN's like last produce show in Japan, mm. and now he's just working two AW and other stuff while he's there. For some reason, Wrestle One isn't booking him, but I don't know what the deal is with that. But I think he's been staying in the dojo while he's there. But um, anyway, my second place vote was uh, Ibushi versus Naito. Like Thomas said before me, I got a five-star and a four-and-three-quarters match out of this. Just one of the best in-ring feuds of the year for me. 
And then in my first place, I'm going to go on brand and pick a Wrestle 1 feud. It's uh, Shotaro Oshino over to T-Hawk. Oshino went into the year with the belt, thinking he was finally going to banish Stronghearts from Wrestle 1. Then he lost to T-Hawk. Then his rival beat T-Hawk to get a title shot. And then he tried to face an outsider to get strong. He lost that match. Tried to win the Grand Prix to get a second shot at T-Hawk. Lost again. And then he managed to get the tag titles. But then in the tag league, in the very first match of the tag league, Ashino and Kodama lost to T-Hawk and Irie. But then finally, at the end of the month, in December, in one of my favorite tag team matches of the year, just made tape on Friday, Ashino was able to beat or defend the tag titles against T-Hawk and Irie with Ashino tapping out T-Hawk. So for as a year-long story, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I want to say but really quickly for both of you saying Naito Bushi was one five-star match and one four-and-three-quarter-star match. You're both wrong. It was one five-star match and two four and three quarter star matches so i can't remember what i gave the third match i know i i know i gave one five and one four and three quarters but i can't remember what i gave the i think it was the first one yeah. i can't remember what i gave it uh mongo what was your picks for best feud so i kind of agree with the sentiment that this wasn't a great year for feuds there were a few really good ones um number three i went with omega versus moxley which in terms of like actual feuds on this list i guess it would be the only one that i'd consider like a true like grudge match feud i really liked all the angles they did i loved the angle on the first dynamite and i loved the um the blow off i thought it was all like really tremendous stuff uh number two naito abushi the matches all speak for themselves this was really great and it made some people lose their minds with how completely unsafe and dangerous these men are so that was uh some added comedy uh, then uh, Cavernario versus Titan was my uh, first place. Feel weird about having this in first because, like, it was kind of a reverse feud. I, they've they've had great matches for years and years and years. They've been rivals, uh, but they had my um, they had an incredible match um, in February. They interacted a bit on the um, the Fantastica Mania tour. And they had, you know, the random multi-mans that you'll see um, in CML all the time after and ended their real interactions uh, in the first half of the year by winning the Incredible Partners tournament. So I don't know. For some reason, that becomes my best feud. All right. Jeff, your best few picks. So uh, if I had voted on this a few days later, I would have probably changed my list. Uh, I forgot a few that I really liked. So I'll fill in. Uh, number three would probably be Devlin and Star. I really, really enjoyed that feud. And if it weren't for sentimental reasons on the second place feud, uh, I would have probably went with that as that. Uh, I think the production at OTT is phenomenal. I thought the video packages building up that feud were great. And uh, to me, David Star is carrying the UK scene at this point. I, I don't even think it's an argument, really. Um, number two, I went with Suzuki Lager. I love that feud. Um, I wasn't as overwhelmed with their match as some people were. I thought it was really good, but I wasn't. I, I was expecting something different, so I think that took it down a bit for me. Um, but the the build up and the promos and the aftermath all made it a top feud for me. And uh, I'm, I would probably replace my first place vote with uh, Kenny versus New Japan. Uh, they. <laughs> Or Kenny versus Harold May because they've uh, boy they've been going at each other. 
Well, really, yeah. that's that's all kind of a one-sided feud, kind of like the Moxley Omega feud, where Omega just forgot to show up. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's been a Twitter feud, but it there hasn't been that much in terms of great feuds, so I threw that number one. Suit, what do you have for best feud? For best feud, third place, I have Cody versus Chris Jericho. Uh, some of the best segments AEW's had so far on Dynamite. Match at the end was very good. Yeah, and like a nice little first staple feud for the company. So good <laughs> stuff there. Um, second place, I have Minoru Suzuki versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, this is why you don't do forums on your phones, kids, because I wrote Justin Thunder Liger for best feud. <laughs> I, so. I still count it. Don't worry. Yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, two 50-year-old guys trying to kill each other. What more can you ask for? And then in first place, I've got Star versus Devlin from OTT. Incredible video packages. Great matches, even though the last one was a little bloated. But still, as far as like a feud of 2019, you can't go better than Star versus Devlin, at least for me. Uh, for me, I have best feud. I went with the uh, very on-brand John Peck in third place of Tipsy and Naito versus Taichi. Uh, I just did really enjoyed almost all their interaction all year and you know all all three matches. So had to give them a vote here. Uh, second place, I went with Daisuke Sasaki versus Konosuke Takashida from DDT, which I thought gave two really awesome matches uh, at the Judgment Show and then at the uh, DDT's Coming to America show. So that was a really fun feud for me. And in first place, I went with Naito and Ibushi. Really was not particularly hard decision there uh, when you have three matches at, at that high of a level. So the final results, the top three, Suzuki versus Liger in third place with 20 points and one first place vote. Naito and Ibushi in second with 41 points and four first place votes. And Jordan Devlin versus David Starr, first place with 54 points and 10 first place votes. So there's your best few picks. All right. Uh, most outstanding wrestler we're going to do next, just to separate that and wrestler of the year a little. So this is, for people who don't know the uh, Wrestling Observer lingo, most outstanding is supposed to be only in-ring quality, nothing else considered, no consideration for a placement on the card or MVP quality or business and drawing, anything else. Just ha- who were the three best in-ring wrestlers of the year, in your opinion? So Kelly... Give me your three picks for most outstanding wrestler. All right. Uh, number three, I went with Ben K from Dragon Gate. Uh, number two, I went with David Starr from the American and UK Indies. And in first, I went Will Ospreay, and mainly for his New Japan work. Uh, ben K is a guy who I didn't really watch a ton of Dragon Gate this year, but every time I did, he totally blew me away. Uh, David Starr... As it was said earlier, he's carrying the UK Indies and to an extent the US Indies. And Will Ospreay just has real good matches all the time. All right. Thomas, you're top three for most outstanding. All right. So for me, uh, number three is Kodobushi. Um, he's my favorite wrestler in New Japan. Uh, I just love the style that he does. Uh, the Naito feud was great. I really liked the G1 finals against uh, Jay White as well. Uh, and then he also always spices up uh, any sort of undercard tag season. Um, I think that's an underrated aspect is that I think he puts in a lot of effort in those. Um, so that earns him the number three spot for me. Number two for me is Yuji Okabayashi. 
uh, from Big Japan. Uh, just a tremendous year for him. He uh, was a guest appearance in uh, the Champion Carnival for All Japan. Was great there. Uh, had some great tag stuff. Uh, and, of course, also had, uh, outside of his normal tag team, also had uh, the tremendous NXT UK offer match at Big Japan's Ryogoku Tan. Uh, so, yeah, he's my number two. And then number one for me, uh, and it's not particularly close, uh, is Kento Mihara. I thought this was just an all-time year for anybody um, in terms of Kento this year. Uh, I think his lowest-rated Triple Crown match for me was three and three-quarter stars, which is absurd. Uh, and I think, like, half of them were four-and-a-half-plus or something. Uh, on top of the Carnival run, on top of uh, he made it to the finals uh, of their knockout tournament, the Royal Road Tournament. Uh, just an absurd year for him. He also made it to the final day of their uh, tag league and had a great run there with Yuma Iwagi as his tag partner. Um, just an unparalleled year, and for me, it, it wasn't close between Kento and anybody else. All right. TJ, most outstanding. In third, I had uh, Naoa... Nao, I can't say his name. Naoa Namura. His title matches with Kento were all great. His he, he and Jake Lee had a great run in the tag league, from what I saw. Loved his Champions Carnival for the most part. Just as far as uh, all Japan guys, he's probably my number two. Uh, second place was Shingo Takagi, my number one in New Japan. Just he had the tag the tag division stuff with Bushi for there for a little bit at the beginning of the year. His best of Super Juniors was my favorite of anyone in that tournament that year. And his G1 was only this would have been the first if the fact that uh, Ishii wasn't in it. And his uh, all his matches with Goto were great. And the finals of the best Super Junior were great. But everyone's talked about that enough. <laughs> and my number one was also uh, Kento Miyahara. Just he had some of the best title matches of anyone this year. His Champion Carnival was great. Royal Road was great. I loved his uh, tag stuff with Aoyagi and Tag League and. I don't think anyone had as good of a year as him this year. All right. Uh, go ahead, Mongo, your most outstanding. Uh, number three, I have Dragon Lee. Um, started out the year incredibly. Um, had either the second or the third best match on uh, January 4th against um, Cavernario. Had several other good matches in the that year, um, last year against Cavernario. Um, really good matches in New Japan. Finished off the year with a great uh, mega title match against Kenny Omega just uh, one of the best wrestlers in the world um, of course he also uh, was going up against Will Ospreay who not only had that great best of the Super Juniors but also had a, a really good G1 had lots of really good matches other than that um, I think w w one of the criteria I always look at here is like how they work against wrestlers who um, I'm not like a huge fan of and his match with Jeff Cobb and MSG was fantastic. Like the most fun I've had watching a Jeff Cobb match. I don't think Jeff Cobb's bad, but I think this like elevated Jeff Cobb. And uh, number one, I had uh, Momo Watanabe, who, like, again, there were a lot of uh, matches of hers this year where it was against someone who, um, you know, isn't bad, but like uh, B Priestley. I, I feel like she had a, a tremendous match against her. And, uh, you know, I think. B had like one other match this year that I really liked. So um, just uh, those two like really were elevating opponents this year. 
Uh, Aaron Bentley's going to log on and be very angry with the B Priestley <laughs> slander if he listens She's to this. Good. She's just, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jeff, give me your top three for most outstanding. Uh, yeah, I went with Kento Miyahara for my number three pick. Uh, I really liked his output, but I just think he had less opportunities to shine than maybe some of the New Japan guys, uh, just because of how All Japan's schedule works. Uh, that being said, I really I thought his title run was the best. I thought he had a better title reign than Okada. I don't think that's a particularly hot take, but, but uh, he had a hell of a title reign, so I put him at number three. Uh, I put number two as Shingo Takagi. I thought Shingo had a hell of a year. Uh, I liked his best of the Super Junior run slightly more than Osprey, but but I think Osprey has had more opportunities to shine this year, and so Osprey edged him out in the end. Uh, I'm a little higher on Osprey than I think probably a lot of listeners of Omakase, but I, I get the gripes. I just think what he did this year it showed a lot of development in him as a wrestler as opposed to a spot guy. And I, I really appreciated the output this year. So Osprey was my number one, and Shingo was my two. All right. And apparently Suit had to step away for a second, so we can't go to him for most outstanding. So we go straight to me, and I have um, Kota Ibushi in third and Naito in second. Uh, they were always going to be here on this list just because of their series, if nothing else, because you know the three matches were three of my favorite matches the entire year. And that just came down to what else they did. Um, you know, Naito has another five-star match for me with Shingo, and Ibushi doesn't, so that was kind of what elevated him. But Ibushi still had an incredible year, too, with, you know, like the Zack Sabre Jr. match and uh, the Jay White G1 final and a bunch of other stuff. So there's two really incredible years here. I just gave the very slight edge to Naito. Uh, and the number one, I put Shingo Takagi. I don't – Shingo, to me, is, like, the most consistent – like outstanding wrestler in the world where like every single time he was in the ring, it felt like he produced something at least, you know, very good. Like no one was more entertaining in new Japan undercard tags than Shingo was this year. Um, which if you watch a lot of them, you, you will, you very much appreciate having a guy get in there and really, you know, make something of these tags that can get very monotonous otherwise. And he had, like I said, he had a five-star match with Naito, incredible run in the G1. Um, and he, an incredible run in the best of Super Junior, too, which, you know, that whole undefeated thing really helped elevate it. So those two tournaments together are what really puts him on the top for me. Um, and, I, and I just think, you know, even the junior tag stuff was awesome. So I just think he was, he had an incredible year from start to finish and very easy number one pick for me. Uh, the listener, I mean, as far as the voters as a whole, uh, we they did vote for Will Ospreay pretty overwhelmingly here with Will Ospreay winning. In first place with 116 points, 21 first place votes. Shinko Takagi, a very strong number two with 51 points and two first place votes. And then number three was Tomio Ishii with 25 points and two first place votes. But uh, Kento and Abushi are both very close. Kento was two points back and Abushi was three points back. So almost got that into that top three. But Ishii gets third place there. All right. So. Let's go ahead. Oh, Suit is back. Suit, why don't you give me your most outstanding wrestler picks real quick? Most outstanding. Let's scroll up to that. Uh, third place, Tomohiro Ishii. I feel like that's kind of just chalk right there. Uh, second place, Shingo Takagi. He had a great best of the Super Juniors and a great G1. 
And then most outstanding first place, Will Osprey. Well, you picked that was perfect because you picked the exact top three. There so, we go. Apparently, you're a suit chalk Williams, but yeah, man right. of the people. <laughs> uh, so that's most outstanding. Best tag team. We'll do next. We only got three left here. Best tag team match of the year and wrestler of the year. So I'll save match of the year and wrestler of the year. Uh, Kelly, give me your picks here for best tag team. Okay, uh, number three, I went with Saki Sama and Misao. Uh, number two, I went Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles. And number one, I went the Young Bucks. Uh, honestly, not a great year for tag team wrestling from what I recall. I'm sure it was a lot better than I remember. And as soon as I hear what you guys said, I'm going to be like, oh, God damn it, how did I forget them? But like for me, just as far as an interesting team, Sakisama and Misao were great. I loved watching their matches and just how they interacted with other wrestlers. And that was all super fun. <clears throat> I'm sad that it seems to have ended and Saki Sama went back to France. Uh, Rob Eagles and Will Ospreay are just a great tag team. I uh, can't wait to see more of them this year, hopefully. And the young books are the young books. They always deliver for me. So I had to put them at number one. Uh, Thomas, give me your top three for best tag team. All right. Number three for me. Uh, is Damnation, the team of Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao. Uh, and I'll eat a little bit of crow on this because I want to say back in like July, um, I was on the show uh, and John brought up this team as a tag team of the year contender and I really kind of pushed back on it. Um, but I think the second half of the year for them was just banger after banger. I thought they were kind of inconsistent the first half of the year. Um, but I know John's always right, of course, now. So they make my ballot. <laughs> um, I got to pander to the host, of course. Yeah. Um, number two for me uh, was Violence Giants of uh, Shuji Ishikawa and Suwama. Uh, a good year for them. Uh, their tag title run was a little up and down, uh, but they opened the year with two tremendous matches against Strong BJ. Uh, maybe the two, uh, two, two of the best tag matches of the year, I should say. Uh, definitely the best tag feud of the year. Uh, and then number one for me, uh, is Axis, the team of uh, Katsuki Nakajima and Go Shiozaki from NOAA. Um, they were the most consistent tag team uh, in the world to me. I thought Ishikawa and Suwama uh, and Sasaki and Takao both had a few title matches that I disliked uh, or thought were just fine. Um, Axis was very consistent, uh, and they had a three-match series uh, with Takashi Sugiura and Kazuma Sakamoto, and each one of those matches was just great. Uh, and when you get three great matches out of Cosmo Sakamoto in a year, um, you know, that's a good year. They also had a lot of great six-mans. Noah likes to main event their Corkins with six-mans a lot. Um, they like to draw 900 fans for some reason. Um, <laughs> but whenever they do that, uh, the Access guys are always great in those as well. Uh, so, yeah, Access Tag Team of the Year. Uh, TJ. Say so my uh, number three was... Um... Miyuki Takase and Himaka Arita from Actress Girls. I started watching a lot more of like lesser, less popular Joshi this year, and Takase stuck out like a thumb to me. One of, it's one of my favorites, and her and Jumbo are just an awesome team. I really like them. Like whenever they have a match, I definitely go out of my way to check it out. Uh, number two was Enfance Terrible, Shotaro Shino and Yusuke Kodama from Wrestle One. They've been a regular tag team since about August, but since winning the titles, they've had one of my favorite tag title reigns of last year. 
And then number one, I picked Access for all the reasons said before, so I don't need to go too into it. All right. Mongo, give me your top three. So um, number three, I have the Young Bucks. Uh, Again, just another great Young Bucks year. I thought maybe not quite uh, as high level as some previous years, probably because they barely wrestled the first half of the year. Um, Number two, proud and powerful. Um, 2018, I thought they were, you know, good. Maybe, maybe not great. Uh, 2019, they were certainly great. Capping it off with that awesome um, match at the AAA MSG show. And then uh, some really, really great matches against the Young Bucks in AEW. Um, And then uh, number one, uh, the Lucha Brothers. Some great stuff in AEW. That great match against Proud and Powerful. LAX, whatever you want to call them. Um, Just a tremendous team. I really wish AEW would do more with them because going to that AAA show that looked like no one was going to buy tickets, seeing how a sold-out Madison Square Garden um reacted to them it feels like they could be big big stars in this country and they're dropping the ball yeah i don't really get the way they post them either that's one of the bigger complaints i have with that promotion right now uh jeff what is your top three for best tag team so at number three i have rapongi 3k uh I think they're criminally underrated at some points uh maybe not in this bubble but in general i think people uh, mainly like elite fans, like look past them and ignore the fact that they put on great matches with or without the Bucks. Uh, number two, I have Access. Access. Um, when I've dropped into Noah this year, they've been putting on the best matches I've seen from the promotion, uh, which is surprising for a lot of reasons. And just in general, uh, Nakajima has really improved over the last few years, and it's nice to see him and Go have a good tag team going. Uh, number one, I have Violent Giants. I think they're the staple best uh, tag team in Japan. Uh, I don't even think it's particularly close. Well, it's close this year, but in general, it's not. It's not usually close. Uh, so, yeah, that was my top three. My best tag team picks, uh, I went with, in third place, for Punky 3K. I agree with Jeff that they've somehow gotten underrated. I think people have kind of forgotten the bangers they had at the start of the year with, uh, you know, with Shingo and Bushi, um, you know, some of the really good stuff towards the back half of the year in the Super Junior Tag League. I thought, you know, they were in a lot of my favorite Super Junior Tag League matches. Um, but, you know, they they if they had some more stuff in between, I think they would have been an even better uh, tag team of the year contender. But I went, I went with them in third. Uh, in second place, I went with Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao. Um, you know, just like Tom said, I think they, they had a better second half than first half. But I like them all year long, so I went with them in second. So best tag team, uh, number one, I have Axes. I just totally agree with uh, the other people who voted for them that they were, like, just wire to wire the best tag team. Anytime I watched Noah last year, they were, like, the highlight for me. So I think they were a very clear best tag team pick, Nakajima and Koshiyazaki. Uh, so suit is back. So suit, give me your three picks for best tag team before I give the winners. Sorry about that. Had some connection issues there. Um, so number three, LAX. Number two, Lucha Brothers. Number one, Young Bucks. Uh, honestly, I could flip any of these around and I wouldn't be mad. Uh, yeah, just a solid year for tag teams. Nothing. Nobody really stood out. 
uh, and then the the winners was ridiculously close here. Um, from third place to seventh place was separated by four points, and Violence Giants takes third based only on a tiebreaker. Uh, they had 26 points in four first place votes versus Undisputed Era, who had 26 points in three first place votes. So Violence Giants pulls that one out. Uh, there's a big jump up to second where the Lucha Brothers were in second with 52 points and eight first place votes. But edging them out at the end for first is Axes, uh, Shiozaki Nakajima, who had 54 points and seven first place votes. So congratulations to Axes. Yeah, All right. Good guys win one. <laughs> so now let's go into a match of the year, our second to last category here. Uh, Kelly, give me your top three picks for match of the year. All right. Uh, third place. I'm going with the only Iron Man match I think I've ever like really loved. It's the Iron Man match between Joey Janela and David Starr from Beyond's American Rana in uh, the end of July. Just a fantastic match. Uh, number two is Cody versus Dustin Rhodes from Double or Nothing. Uh, if you love bloody, bloody brother versus brother matches, this is the one for you. And number one is Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi from the Best of the Super Juniors Finals. The easiest match I've ever slapped five stars on. Loved it so much. Uh, number, uh, let's see, up next is Thomas. Go ahead with your uh, match of the year picks. All right. Unfortunately, I didn't have time to like rewatch anything at the end of the year, but these three matches like really stuck out in my mind. Um, we could really put them in any in uh, any order, though. Uh, number three for me was the NXT UK offer match, Walter and Daisuke Sakamoto uh, against Yuji Okabayashi and Yuji Hino from Big Japan's Ryogokutan on November 4th. Um, just four guys hand the shit out of each other. Number two, uh, Suri versus Meiko Satomura from Sendai Girls, April 16th. Um, you know, the classic story of the veteran against, like, the, I don't know how old Suri is, like, 23-year-old. Um, so they were building Suri up for a title shot at the time. Um, just a tremendous match. I mean, the furious pace, like, I think, John, it was you that was talking about this match, is it just felt like such a struggle um, in a way that really I think only Joshi matches really encapsulate. Uh, I really loved it. Uh, and then first for me uh, was Tetsuya Endo against Konosuke Takashita um, from DDT's Russell Peter Pan on July 15th. Uh, just... In terms of like a fast-paced, um, spotty sort of match, I think this is pretty much as good as you can get. Uh, like I said, these three matches, I could really put them in any order, and they're all kind of a little different. Um, so I'd strongly recommend uh, anyone that hasn't seen them to check them out, given that they're actually all three from pretty smaller promotions. Uh, but yeah, those are my top three. All right. And let's see here now. TJ. What's your top three for match of the year? Uh, my number three pick is Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito from Dominion. I'll let John, John talk about this because I'm sure it's on their list. It's not, actually. It just <laughs> oh, missed, it's not? Yeah. It missed my well, top three. I think this was the best in their series, and it was – I can't really describe it, really. It's one of my favorite matches this year. Uh, second place was – Konosuke Takashita versus Tetsuya Endo in July at Peter Pan for DDT. This was probably one of the matches I was most invested in this entire year because I loved Endo's reign, and I I knew in my heart Takashita was going to win, but I didn't want it to happen. And 
usually I'm not a huge fan of like super long, like longer matches, but they kept me entertained the whole time. And then my first place vote is T-Hawk versus Shuji Kondo from the Wrestle 1 May Corkin Hall show. This is probably like the perfect match for me. I love like the my perfect match length is between like 20 to 25 minutes where you fill it with stuff like you stay fast paced the entire time, it's hard hitting, which is everything that this match was. So, and it was in the middle of T Hawk's uh, title reign, which I love. So, this is probably his best title match of that reign. Well, it definitely was, but yep, that was my that was my top for this year. All right. And, Go ahead, Mongo. Give me your top three matches of the year. So, uh, number three, I have uh, Virus versus Metallico from uh, CMLL's Juicio Final. Uh, this match looked like it was going to be um, a cluster leading in. That it was, it's a retirement match. Um, well, uh, career versus career. That looked like it was going to be on a nothing Sunday show, but they ended up putting it on a major event. And this completely overachieved. Metallica has been doing nothing but like opening match comedy in CMLL for the last couple years. He does zero moves. And in this match, they did all of the moves. I mean, there were Metallica did dives that I haven't seen him do in ages that where he just crashed and burned on the floor, moonsaults, all sorts of great uh, chain wrestling and mat work. Um, and I mean, like the match goes like almost half an hour and it ends with um uh, a gory guerrero cop kill uh, a gory special cop killer and um a, uh the virus stretch uh to get the fans throwing money in the ring uh metallico retires very great like it was one of those matches that did feel like a struggle not because intentionally but because they're both old and not as great as they used to be in in metallico's case who knows how good he ever was but um like it just looks like two old guys like really trying to save their careers uh number two i have john moxley versus kenny omega um i'm surprised how much i like this match i i i don't know it it was great it actually felt like a death match i don't care if uh the giant Caribbean spider web um, barbed wire, whatever, wasn't like real barbed wire. If it was, they used enough actual barbed wire and enough crazy weapons, and they like kept building, like like an American deathmatch will, where you start out with minor deathmatch weapons, and then you start doing crazy spots, and you just bring out crazier set pieces, and you do like wackier stunts. And in the end, you tear apart the ring. And in this case, you're exposing the, uh, the the wooden boards. And Kenny crashes and burns on that Phoenix Splash, which was crazy. Um, number one, I have uh, Titan versus um, Cavernario from uh, February 22nd in CMLL. This match was incredible um, for as much as you can make fun of CMLL for be- being outdated for everything being two out of three falls except for occasional um singles matches that don't go two out of three um this match used the two out of three falls so tremendously the crowd goes insane when um titan gets the second or gets his first fall of the match in the second fall like they know that this isn't going to go straight falls they've seen a million of these matches they rarely go straight falls and they go crazy when titan um pins uh cavernario with um it was basically a la mystica into um 
a, a, a cradle. And then the, the last fall is just completely insane. Both guys doing all sorts of crazy dives. Cavanario breaking out his uh, splash from the top rope to the floor. Um, all sorts of crazy, crazy moves. Uh, Cavanario doing his awesome um, su- suicide dive in between the posts and the um, the turnbuckles from the apron. Um, and then um, just an awesome finish that leads to Titan getting another crazy cradle for the win. I I love this match so much. I I can't say enough good things about it. If you like Lucha and you did not see this match, go back and watch it. It's great stuff. All right. Jeff, what is your what are your picks for match of the year? Uh so at number 3 I had Shingo versus Osprey. Uh I went 4 and 3 quarters on it, so I guess I was the low man. Um it was a phenomenal match, but uh, a common theme in top level Osprey matches is missing a spot or two that makes it really odd that it ruins the flow of the match for me. It's like when he botched the, uh, I think he was going for a four fifty or something like that. And he just crashed on his back for some reason. Uh, it looked really ugly and kind of disrupted the match for me, but that was the only flaw in the match. Other than that, I thought it was a great match. Uh, number two, I had Omega versus Tanahashi. Uh, Sentimental reasons. I'm a huge Tanahashi fan. I was really happy to see him invent the dome and see that he still had it in what was probably going to be the match of the year until uh, Shingo Naito, which uh, the spots they were doing, the speed they were doing, the uh, story they were telling with Shingo just giving Naito his all and Naito just pissing him off and doing whatever he can to get in his head. And Shingo looking like the better wrestler, but Naito just outsmarting him and Shingo not staying tranquilo. It was fucking great. So that was my number one. All right. And Suit, give me your top three for match of the year. Hey, my computer didn't screw up. All right. So (laughs) match of the year, third place. I had a bunch at four and three quarters. Uh, I ended up going with Jericho versus Naito from Wrestle Kingdom 13. Uh, Just a great conclusion to this feud. And Naito eyeing up the Intercontinental title before hitting Jericho with it. That's just something that's going to stick with me. So four and three quarter, Jericho versus Naito, third place match of the year. Second place will be one of my two five-star matches, Shingo versus Naito from day 14 of the G1. Uh, Just an incredible match. It helps that I watched this like three weeks ago. Uh, I kind of dipped out on the G1, but I heard a lot of buzz for this one, and I caught it, and it was just absolutely incredible. And it makes me want to see these two in, like, a big main event, which is crazy considering this was their first match against each other. And then first place, Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay, best of the Super Junior Finals. Uh, Yeah, this was just absolutely incredible. And it shocked me when uh, Will Ospreay won, which kind of which vaults it over the top when uh, when I never think a, another guy is going to lose. That kind of hurts a match for me. But I went in this match dead set thinking, okay, Shingo's winning. He's going to beat Dragon Lee off to the races. But no, Osprey got the win. Five stars. Best match of the year for me. Uh, so for my match of the year, I had five different matches of five stars this year, which I think is... It has to be my new record because I've most years I have two of them. 
So two different five-star matches got left off my top three, which is uh, Naito and Ibushi from Dominion and the NXT Japan offer tag, uh, both of which got votes, but uh, those that from the Big Japan Sumo Hall show. Um, so my actual top three here, in third place, Arisa Nakajima versus Nanai Takahashi from November 2nd in Seedling. Um, just a really incredible old-school Joshi match between the two of them beating the living piss out of each other and then ending with uh, Nanai getting her head shaved. So just incredible stuff there. Second place for me was Naito versus Shingo from Osaka in the G1, which a bunch of people have talked about already, but just, uh, you know, someone who has loved both guys for many years. And, you know, I, you know, I was a big Dragon Gate fan during a lot of Shingo's run. And obviously I'm a huge Naito fan. And, you know, just to see them finally meet up here, you know, with all the backstory of them being these friends from different promotions who came up together in the animal Hamaguchi gym. You know, I thought it had a lot of hype for me, but it totally lived up to the hype. And I thought it was just an outstanding match. Uh, and then for first place, I went with Mako Satomura versus Sari from April 16th in Sunday Girls. Uh, you know, to me, this was like the closest you'll get to like a Joshi version of that Shibata and Ichi-E match from the G1 in 2013 where they just came out at, like, full speed and just kept that going for the entire, like, 15-minute runtime. And just, you know, everything was perfect. Everything looked absolutely amazing. Um, you know, one of the best, like, all-out 15-minute matches you'll ever see. So I think this was the clear match of the year. The final results for match of the year here, uh, Naito versus Shingo does come out in third with 20 points and one first-place vote. Barely edges out uh, Cody and Dustin in fourth at 19 points. Uh, Endo and Takashita in fifth at 18 points. And uh, Devlin and Star with 17 points. So Naito Shingo takes the third place crown. Second place went to Omega and Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 13, which had 22 points and three first place votes. And the overwhelming winger here was, again, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi from the Best of Super Junior Final with 71 points and 12 first place votes. So that takes us to our final category, Wrestler of the Year. Um, it's supposed to include in-ring, but also MVP quality, drawing power, uh, promo ability, anything else you want to include. So, uh, Kelly, let's start with you again here. Give me your top three for the Wrestler of the Year for 2019. All right. Uh, number three, Tetsuya Naito. Number two, Kazuchika Okada. And number one, Will Ospreay. I feel like Naito and Okada are self-explanatory, but Osprey at number one wasn't something I would have said unless I was at the best of the Super Juniors finals. Purely based on the fact that the Japanese fans lost their shit when Will said he was moving to Japan. I really think he's going to be a huge player in Japan going forward, and I think he already is. So that's why I put him at number one and just hit the year he had with best of super juniors G one, the junior title reign. Like he had a nuts year for new Japan. And I really think he was the best this year. Yeah. Even though I wouldn't vote for him, I do want to say if you look, I don't, he signed, like, I think they said a five-year contract with new Japan or something. And like, if he had the chance to, because I'm sure AEW probably wanted him. I think he made the, the complete right decision. Because, like, can you imagine how lost in the shovel he would be on that oh, show, yeah. Dynamite every week? I mean, where Kenny Omega 
is like lost in the shuffle. So I think he just definitely made the right decision for as far as like standing out and being a top level performer for years to come. Yeah, one hundred percent. And he's still young enough; he wants to go to do that America run. He can do it at some point. But uh, Thomas, give me your wrestler of the year picks here. Well, first, John, how can you expect AEW to have you know room for Kenny Omega? They got to give you know all the space to this the spooky crew and all of them. <laughs> the spooky crew, Avenge Sevenfold. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> um, so, wrestler of the year number three for me uh, was Sari. Um, there was nobody this year who, when a singles match dropped, I was more rushing to my computer to watch. Um, this is someone that I I had seen before, but I had has been kind of off my radar before this year and turned into um, the person that I was most excited to see. Um, so that earned a spot on my list. And I will say the Shibata Ishii comp, I'm so glad you brought that up, John. I was watching that match last night. I watched that match so often. <laughs> Um, that's probably my favorite match of all time. And I had the exact same thought when I was watching it. Um, just, you know, that Miko match was insane. And then also the the Hashimoto rivalry this year uh, just barely missed my list, but uh, they had a trio of great matches together uh, which for the uh, Sendai Girls World title. Um, it's a shame that Sari is uh, retiring after this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, she's, going out, she's going out on top. So Right, that's yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, number two for me is Tetsuya Naito, um, the guy that I'm most interested in in New Japan, uh, someone whose in-ring year I think is severely underrated somehow um, because of, I guess, Shingo and Osprey. Because um, you got Dave Meltzer talking about how he's dying. <laughs> right, Which, although he, he did have like a fucking eye injury for like six months, as it turned out. So yeah. I don't know. To me, that like that makes it even more impressive that the man is doing that all these – that Shingo match and that Ibushi match and – you know, all that stuff in the fall with double vision in one eye. Yeah. Like, what, like, what the fuck? But he got it fixed, though, so that's good, I guess. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, but yeah, just a great year for him in ring. And then also, you know, he's the biggest, uh, you know, merch draw in, in New Japan. Um, and so when you're kind of holistically evaluating a guy, I think that bumps him up to number two for me. Uh, and then number one has to be Kento Miyahara for me. Um, no one is more important to their home promotion uh, than him. Uh, I think someone brought it up earlier, um, but the triple, the average triple crown match this year blew away the average insert any title in wrestling this year. I don't think that's particularly a hot take. Um, his title run was just absurdly great. Uh, I think I was going through my notes and the, the median triple crown match for me this year was four and a half stars. Um, so just an absurd year for Kento. Um, and also I'm not sure all Japan exists without him. So he gets the wrestle of the year for that alone, really. Um, but yeah, I can't really praise him enough. All right, TJ, give me your wrestler of the year picks. All right, third place. I originally voted for Yuji Okabayashi, but I'm going to switch that right now because I don't think it's going to affect anything and pick the real New Yorker Tetsuya Endo with my third place. Because when I'm sitting here thinking about it, I don't think any wrestler really entertained me as much as he did with his promos. His title reign was one of my favorites this year. Just his um, run in the uh, DO this year was really good, too. I'm so mad he lost. He was the MVP of the DO by, like, a mile. Because I watched all that stuff, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, like, some of that stuff was very dry, but almost all of Endo's stuff is so good. Yeah, he was definitely my favorite of that tournament. And 
I don't know him about and, him and drawings. I don't really. Him, but... and, him and Chris Brooks carried that tournament, and and Ch- and Chihiro was really good too. Like, yeah, Hashimoto yeah. was really good too. But it, it really it really made up for having to sit through all those Bull James matches. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'll go with the real New Yorker. Uh, second place, I'm going to go with T Hawk. I watched every single Strong Hearts match that made tape this year, and it made me really appreciate how he like how consistent T Hawk is as a wrestler. Even though his top end stuff isn't as great as like some of the other people, even though I gave I did give him like my match of the year, but he's pretty much consistently very good. And as part as far as him being the top guy in Wrestle One, they drew some of their best stuff in a while, like numbers in a while for Corkin with him up top, and it didn't really start to drop until the summer when it was getting close to when he was about to drop the title, and then it picked back up once he was in the main event, main event with Ashino. So I think he's doing well as a draw for Wrestle One. And then my number one is Kento Miyahara, my top wrestler of the year in, in ring. And all Japan doesn't exist without him, even if it's on a uh, decline a little bit. I still think just the fact that him keeping all Japan going is a testament to how much he's needed for that company. All right. Mongo, your top three for wrestler of the year. Okay. So uh, number three, I have Karistico. Um he in the last three months of the year took the uh, Monday Arena Puebla shows from what had been just dragging, just boring, lifeless shows for most of the year, and has made them great. Um, he has been selling out or coming close to selling out almost every time he gets a match on top, and he has been tremendous in the ring. Um, I almost. I, I tried to convince myself that the Sky Team plus Caristico should be one of my Tag Team of the Year um, nominees, but then I realized they hadn't really tagged that much. But um, he has been great in Puebla. He has like seriously single handedly made that that arena just like worth watching on Mondays. Um, he's like so so popular and so great at like playing with the crowd. Like it's it's like his promos after matches are just. A joy to watch. Um, number two, I have Cody. Um, I've always, I feel like I've always been higher on Cody than most people since he left WWE. Um, in that, I've been like, "Hey, he's pretty good. He he doesn't suck. Why is everyone saying his in ring is like really bad?" And then this year, he proved that he was better than just pretty good because he's been having really great matches this year. Um, and on top of that, he has been, it seems like he's the biggest business um, difference maker for AEW. I think in general, like that group or the brand or whatever, whatever it is like sells the tickets, but it seems like he, you know, he helps the ratings when he's on TV and he does sell something he does mean something business-wise where maybe like Omega doesn't um, in terms of American business right now. I don't know. Uh, number one, I have my uh, Mayu Iwatane. Um, I think stardom basically proved that they were going to be built around her this year by giving her the title at the end. Kagetsu in her little retirement press conference says that she, the company is in good hands because of her and everyone else, but she did uh, mention her by name and I mean, ROH even tried to, like, give some credibility to their horrible women's division by having her win the title, and she did her best. She did her best with Kelly Klein. Like, I honestly thought that the uh, 
the match in Madison Square Garden wasn't that bad because she really tried her best. She really tried hard to save that match. And, um, you know, I feel like uh, she is a, a big difference maker in stardom and um, is poised to and had a great, um, great second half of the year in ring wise too. like her match on Christmas Eve. Tremendous. The match where she won the title from B tremendous um she was just really really good in the fall and uh into the early winter so um she is my uh wrestler of the year all right jeff your wrestler of the year picks for 2019 yeah so for wrestler of the year i went with uh for number three i went with kento miyahara uh he's carrying all japan uh, kicking and screaming to relevancy at this point. I think without Kento Miyahara, all Japan, I don't want to think about where they'd be. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, number two, I went with Okada. I'm lower on his in-ring year than a lot of people are. Um, but I still think he is the face of the biggest company in Japan. He still puts on great matches when he needs to. Uh, if you didn't know that, look at Wrestle Kingdom. And, uh, I, I have a hard time not having him in this discussion, given drawing power, wrestling ability, and everything else. Number one, I went with Naito. Uh, Naito is my favorite wrestler going right now, probably of all times. And uh, I think his matches this year have been phenomenal. I think he's the biggest draw in Japan. And I don't think that's actually disputable at this point. He moves more merch than anyone. I, I can't see putting anyone other than Naito at number one, to be honest. So there it is. All right, Suit, give me your top three for Wrestler of the Year. Wrestler of the Year. Uh, number three, I got David Starr. Uh, he has been just a tentpole guy in pretty much all the British wrestling promotions, uh, European wrestling in general. And as far as like an MVP status, like I can't think of anybody who's brought more attention and brought more just like notoriety to the British scene, the David star, which is crazy considering that two of the three places he worked just completely didn't use them. Like rev pro they had, they had him like fired in like October before they brought him back this past weekend and progress just had him lose his last match to Jimmy havoc for no reason. So considering all that, David Starr had a great year. Third place. Second place is Cody. Again, what would the company look like without him? On screen, off screen. He's just a fantastic ace. Just like all of us saw coming when he left. Just, yeah, he's had a great year. And then number one, I went with the boring route and I picked Okada. Yeah, he drew. He had great matches. Yada, yada, yada. All right. Uh, so my rest of the year picks, I went with Kento Miyahara in third. Uh, as others have said, All Japan might not even be there without him. Uh, I, and he had an amazing in-ring year. I, if All Japan had grown a little bit, maybe I could have gone higher, but that was that's keeping him in third, just the fact that the promotion was flat. But I'd be very scared to see what they would be like without him. So MVP quality definitely gets a bump there. Uh, Naito in second, again, in-ring year was incredible. And like everybody else has said, he's the biggest, still the biggest merch mover in New Japan by a mile. And I went with Kota Ibushi first. Um, you know, this might be a little bit of an off-the-board pick, but I think as far as, like, for that MVP quality, 
him finally signing a deal with New Japan felt like such a big moment for New Japan this year, where you know they lost all these elite guys uh, to form to the formation of AEW. There's all these questions like, is Kota going to go over there with them, or is that it for him in New Japan? And that moment where he comes out and like says he's staying, you know, the the crowd is both so happy and like. You know, there's people crying in the crowd and there's like people who look so incredibly relieved. And that to me, like that moment really, first of all, was really important to New Japan's year. And, you know, then they build around him for most of the rest, a lot of the rest of the year with winning the G1 and everything. And it really showed the value of him to me as far as like as a top star. And I think, you know, as far as most valuable, like if he goes to AEW, which, you know, as we uh, anyway, I can't say that, <laughs> that on the air. But, like, if he had gone to AEW, um, I just think that would have been such a gigantic morale blow to New Japan to lose him right after you lose Kenny uh, to to this new promotion, as well as, like, a bunch of the big carters and stuff. So, you know, I think he was such a valuable part of New Japan's year of, you know, keeping New Japan business in Japan so high, even after, you know, the, the people left for AEW. And you know he won. He had a lot of the year built around him. He won the G one, um, so I think I think he was a really important part. And he had outstanding matches, you know, all year long. So Ibushi, uh, number one for me here for wrestler of the year. The final results: Kento Miyahara in third with forty four points and five first place votes. Okada in second with sixty points and seven first place votes. And Will Ospreay wins wrestler of the year, sixty three points. So just a very close margin there with Okada and nine first place votes. So as I mentioned before, about a day or two after this goes, this show goes up, I will post the full top 10 for every award on the Voice of Wrestling website. So look out for that if you want to see everybody else and where everybody else finished uh, in the top 10s. But I want to at least give a, a day or two. We have to listen to the show to get the, the winners. So, all right, let's start plugging everything so we can wrap this up here. Kelly, what are your plugs look like here? All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Comic Geek Kelly with one K. Uh, you can hear me every Tuesday night on the Panels on Pages podcast. Uh, we record live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, Central Time. Uh, and then you can find me writing various things on the Voices of Wrestling. Uh, I'm going to return to WWE reviews with Royal Rumble. So let's see how that goes. Uh-uh. I'm, I, I mean, I do like the Royal Rumble because you never know when the next entrant is just going to be John Zandig covered in jam. Could be number 30, could be number 26, could be number one. You never know. Any of them could be John Zandig covered in jam. Uh, and go ahead and give me your plugs here, Thomas. All right. Uh, I write stuff for Voices of Wrestling. I uh, should have a thing coming up. Pretty soon about the top matches uh, from New Year's Week in Japan that should be going up uh, once Noah 1-4 makes tape. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Rasslin Ratings. All right. And go ahead, TJ. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ASPIR underscore. You can check out my Wrestle One podcast. It's uh, One Wrestling Pod. It's about every pretty much bi-weekly this week. I'll be doing one in a few days that should drop about reviewing the December cork and that's made tape. And for Wrestle One English content, you can check the one uh, W1 underscore ENG 
and see all that's happening in Wrestle One through an English lens, I guess. Yeah, that's right. it. <laughs> Mongo. You can follow me on Twitter at Mongo underscore ebooks. Um, the NY sixty four two is wrapping up before this is posted, but uh, there will probably be an NY sixty four for just um, twenty nineteen. So go to NY sixty four tournament on Twitter for that. Uh, I'll probably be doing some more monumental podcasts, but just look for that on my uh, my main Twitter along with all the the aerial silk and aerial hammock videos and tweets about the uh, big trump fundraiser and who knows maybe even a, another uh podcast about early christianity so uh you know just follow that for weird stuff jeff uh yeah i you can find me on twitter at smash underscore Ica. uh i am doing some podcasts on mma and then probably if you want wrestling in the future with forrest sawa on his uh, patreon uh he does a lot of good stuff on there you should follow you should Toss him $5 if you have it. Uh, I am writing an article for VOW and waiting for that to get sorted out. So you can, I'll probably post it on my page when it goes up. So, all right. And Suit, give me your plugs. You can follow me on Twitter at Suit Williams. You can listen to my podcast, Smart Sports, on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And yeah, I'm on Voice of Wrestling writing as well. So check all that out. All right. And folks, we thank you as always for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Wrestle Omakase. Wrestling did not fit. And we appreciate any donations. We got a donation last, or not last week, a few weeks ago, we got a donation uh, on Red Circle. So if you enjoy the episode and you want to donate, definitely go ahead and do that at the Red Circle link. It's in the bio of this episode. Also, don't forget about the Discord servers, the Super Jcast, and the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network server. We have a channel on both. So if you want to come stop by and uh, talk to me, talk to a lot of our guests, uh, definitely go ahead and check out those Discord servers. Um, I think that's about it. Thank you, as always, for listening. Next week, uh, I'm going to be welcoming back a good friend of mine, Skylar, who's been on here a bunch of times before, and we're going to talk some pro wrestling Noah. So the Noah one, four show, their big show, they ran head to head with uh, the Tokyo dome. That's finally making tape uh, tomorrow. As I write, as I record this on the 13th. So we're going to talk about that show. Uh, we're probably going to talk about the one five show as well. That's that, 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 that aired pretty recent, uh, like right when it, I think it aired live on Samurai, but uh, I haven't watched that yet either. I've been waiting to watch the one four show. So we'll talk about those two Noah shows uh, for people who wanted more Noah content next week is for you. So now that'll be next week's show. All pro wrestling Noah all the time. Uh, In the meantime, thank you as always for listening and we will see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.